Welcome back to the Never Ending Tales of History, a podcast about the rarely told tales of history. I'm your host, Alyssa Walker, here to take you on a journey into the life of Violet Jessup. The beautiful new boat, the Olympian, was put to sea in 1911. The days of work were long and about 16 hours, and the quarters were small. But she genuinely liked traveling the world. Violet said, Although I had always had uncommon energy and endurance, I altered between hope that I might be able to stand up the heavy work and despair in the end it would overcome me. Not always despair for Violet, though. She had quite the peculiar roommate who knew how to have fun. She was a very sweet lady who was often forgetful and had the strangest of nicknames. Her nickname was, Go by the wall and tickle the bricks. Try saying that one three times fast. The nickname derived from the way she ran around doing her errands and chores. Violet had to deal with a bunch of Americans on this voyage and found them to be quite respectful and kind to her during her stay. In her memoir, Violet says, Americans seem to realize that you were there to make their trip more comfortable and pleasant, and often observed that the work could not always be easy to accomplish. The Olympian was given the most up-to-date safety measures. Fifteen bulkheads each sealed off with watertight doors, which meant if there was a leak, you could block off the rest of the boat and stop it from sinking. Unsinkable, you could call these Olympian ships. Or could you? This was put to the test on September the 20th, 1911, when the Olympic collided with a British cruiser, HMS Hawk. Despite the massive hole in the hull of the ship, it did not sink. The people were rescued, and Violet then got herself another job from White Star. This new job was on the Titanic, the beauty of a ship, even bigger than the last. When Violet was about to lay down from a long day of work, there was a sound of tearing and crushing. Titanic had hit an iceberg the night of April 14, 1912. Violet even recalls her roommate saying, Sounds as if something has happened. We all know the rest of Titanic's story. The people were surprisingly calm because they all thought the ship would never sink. I mean, they really believed the boat would not sink. Even Violet had a hard time coming to terms with the sinking. It was not until she was in a lifeboat that she fully grasped the concept of the situation. She was also tossed a baby to look after by one of the lifeboat's other members of staff. When the boat went fully under, she remarked, one awful moment of empty, misty blackness enveloped us in its loneliness. Then an unforgettable, agonizing cry went up from 1,500 despairing throats. A long wail, and then silence. And our tiny craft, tossing about with the mercy of the icy field. Grim. 
Due to Titanic's few safety measures, 16 lifeboats for around 2,500 passengers, many people died. Riley was one of the lucky few to be picked up by the Carpathia. A little shaken from the experience, Miss Jessup took a couple of years off to work as a nurse for the war. After that time off, she went to work on her third ship, the Britannic. Violet again took a job at White Star on the Britannic in 1916 as a nurse. It increased its luxury as well as increased its safety precautions, including a double-skinned hull and an additional watertight bulkhead. Added full gymnasiums and full guest bathrooms. But the war happens and the boat was turned into a med boat instead. So basically what they did was slap some green paint on it and a red cross symbol and turn all the dining rooms into operating theaters. The Britannic had a unique captain named Charles Barlett, who had an interestingly pinpointed nickname, Iceberg Charlie. Makes you think that the only question they had after the Titanic was, Can you sail around an iceberg? Yes, you're hired. On a peaceful Sunday morning of November 21st, 1916, Violet was well at work fixing food for a fallen lady mate. When there was a tearing, booming sound, the boat went through a Mediterranean channel when it struck something, a German mine. Violet saw to the lady and then quickly got her butt out of there. This not being her first time, she felt little fear in the situation and frenzy. She did remember to bring a small clock, a prayer book, and a toothbrush because she knew when she was rescued on the Carpathia, she desperately was looking for one of those. As her lifeboat was being lowered, she saw and said this, Nicely forward, I reflected, away from that churning water aft, where the repellers were having their little joke with anything in their way. Just at that moment, a lifeboat caught my eye. It had been lowered safely into the water, but then drifted with sudden impetus, resulting the efforts of unskilled oarsmen right into those cruel, swirling blades. You see, Mr. Iceberg Charlie thought the boat was close enough to land, so he decided to gun it. Not knowing that they were already lowering lifeboats into the water, making the propeller a human chopping machine. Unfortunately for our heroine, her life was now also being drawn in by the propeller. Everyone else in the lifeboat jumped out, but Violet didn't because in fact, fun fact, she didn't know how to swim. Jessup eventually jumped out, getting tossed around by the current and hit something hard and inevitably survived. They think what happened is that she grazed the propeller where her hair was thickest, causing minimal damage. She said, I felt myself rising and my head come into violent contact with something solid, something that prevented me from reaching the surface. Then again, 
There was another terrific crash above me, and something very solid struck the back of my head, a resounding blow, but happily on the part of my hair where it was thickest and plenty. My brain shook like a solid body in a bottle of liquid. It was a very unpleasant feeling, and at the third repetition, I imagined the next time would be the last. When she did brace the surface, she could only describe the horrors around her as human flotsam. She was then picked up by a rescue boat and given a cup of hot cocoa. She even talks about sitting next to a pleasant man whose arm was hanging on by a thread of skin. eventually died while in her 80s, living a long, drawn-out life. So what do you guys think? One bum of a lady. I encourage you to read her memoir titled Titanic Survivor. It is a beautiful book that I've read myself, and it has plenty of other stories I could have added in here, but just didn't really fit with the theme. Well, that's it. We'll see you all next time when we crack open another dusty chapter of untold history. I'm Alyssa, signing off.